and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. A derby lesson was handed out. Some teams were focused on the A-League. Others may have been on the beach weather or the pending international break. Either way, plenty of football to cover. And joining me is my co-host, VIG, who celebrated his birthday on the weekend. So good evening and happy belated birthday, mate. Good evening. Thank you very much. Mate, uh, I, I believe you didn't get a, the result you wanted for your birthday, but uh, you still got a, a whole weekend free to yourself. So that's as good as a win, isn't it? It is definitely as good as a win. Two-day two weekend, uh, no football on the weekend, Friday night fixtures. Uh, can't complain. Mate, the good news is to you, it's almost a full year before you have another birthday. It's my favourite day, the day after my birthday. So uh, you're in a good place. It's true. It's very true. It's very <laughs> true. I think uh, once you uh, go over a certain age, um, you, you stop counting and, uh, you know, may, maybe stop uh, relishing the birthday so much. Mate, you start focusing on your kids more, so that way you count. They wonder why you're so focused and fussed about their birthday parties because it means that you can forget about your own. But uh, moving into the A-League, so applaud. we want to applaud the APL for amending fixtures to combat the heat wave. So men's action, the Bulls versus City, was moved from 3 to 7 p.m. And the women's Wanderers hosting uh, the Raw was moved from was at 7 p.m. instead of 4. So uh, finally, common sense prevails. Finally, finally. They must have been listening to the show, but... um. Yeah, look, it was obviously extreme weather conditions in in Sydney over the weekend and and across the country. So, um, yeah, look, common sense. If it's, I think, look, if it, if it if it hits over thirty five degrees, you've got to move the fixture. And and in saying that, I think next season we need to look at um, changing the time slots. You know, a five o'clock, seven o'clock uh, kickoff time, or a six pm, eight pm kickoff time. Have the games back to back. You know, I think it makes makes a lot more sense, and it gives people time to get to the venues. And um, you know, a lot of people spending their day at the beach on on a Saturday, and then can go to the football on Saturday night or, or Sunday night. So, um, I'm hoping the APL learn a little bit from this, and and when they do plan the schedule for next year, um, they can act accordingly. Mate, just put a, a, uh, a fry pan with an, a couple of eggs and some bacon in the corner flag. And if within 10 minutes of uh, when the kickoff would be, it start, it's cooked, you know, it's uh, the game, the players get cooked and it's, it's too hot to play. Hot. Yeah, so just, they just got to be a little bit smarter. But, uh, mate, a, a little bit of um, EPL news. So on fire Arsenal coach Mikel Arteta revealing he no longer used the word substitutes. Instead, he has changed it to impactors. Bit That's of, the word uh, I use you, actually, mate. I always say to you, you're an impactor. Just an impactor. Um, <laughs> bit of bit of psychology there, I think. Um, you know, I, I guess as a as a footballer, um, you never want to be left on the bench, and and you always want to be, um, you know, in that first eleven. And it's it's sometimes difficult to to be a, a substitute and and come on and, and impact a game. But um, it goes to show the the mentality that um, Arteta has and and what they're building there at Arsenal and. Um, you know, he's trying to keep, he's got a, a tough job trying to keep everyone happy, especially the players that aren't playing. So um, maybe by calling them a, a, an impactor, it, um, you know, changes their mindset a little bit. Mate, how's that going to look on their stats? So normally you say number of games started, number of substitution appearances. Is it going to be a new column at impactors? Yeah, but look, what if you come on? <laughs> what if you what if you come on and you don't impact the game? What if you come on and and give away a goal or a penalty? Right, or you're a no pactor. Get sent off. What, what, what are you then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a no pactor. All right. 
Mate, it goes to show too, right, when you're, when you're flying, if this was when Arsenal last year was struggling, everyone would have said to him, you're a clown, you don't know what you're talking about. But when you're winning at the top of the Premier League. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly right. Now that everyone takes him like he's uh, like he's Yoda, like he, this guy's the wisest man on the planet, right? So he can everything he says is gold. But look, it's nice to see that he he doesn't want players thinking they're substitutes or leftovers or, you know, uh, not in the starting squad. So he's used impactors, but we'll see how it catches on. Uh, Rod Stewart's bromance with uh, Ange Postacoglu goes up another notch as the legendary singer dedicates You're In My Heart to the Aussie coach in his Melbourne concert. So it was up on the big screen and everything. And, you know, like I said, he's not the he's not the best looking character you've ever seen, but it comes up on the big screen. I reckon um, all those Rod Stewart fans would have uh, got a big surprise when they see good old uh, Mr. Postacoglu up on the big screen. Big Ange on the big screen. Um, oh, it's, it's a bizarre one, but yeah, look. Each to uh, each to their own. Um, you know, good on uh, Rod Stewart for for dedicating a, a few songs to him, and um, you know, Andrew's doing great things at, at Celtic, and um, yeah, good good to see. It goes to show, doesn't it? Right, how how big a sport football is, and how global it is when you got big stars like that who start out of all. I'm sure Rod Stewart knows plenty of big people. You can look at his, uh, you know, his black book, his his iPhone or wherever he has his Android, and you can flick through right and it'd be a who's who of celebrities. But he's chosen. Postacoglu. I know it was in Melbourne. I know Postacoglu is from Melbourne, but I'm sure he knows a lot of other people that have lived in Australia or that he could have used. But he's, cho- you know, he could probably know Hugh Jackman and you know the list goes on. Maybe even Margot Robbie and all these other sorts of people. And he's gone and chosen Ange. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just uh, he's tugging on a few heartstrings down in down in Melbourne with the Melbourne crowd. I think. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of Aussie coaches, uh, the Socceroos named their squad to face Ecuador in a two-game series. Joe Gauchi, Alex Robertson, and Brandon Barello are well-deserved inclusions. So, Gauchi for me is the you know definitely one of the the best informed keepers in the competition. The other one would probably be for me Lawrence Thomas. So I think he was unfortunate not to uh, have made the team. Uh, Alex Robertson, as we know, his father and his grandfather are both former Socceroos. Uh, his father's now also. Uh, you know, a, a scout for Man, um, Man City over in England. He's regularly training with all the likes of uh, Harland and uh, De Bruyne and all these guys. So he's of excellent pedigree and it's absolute, you know, a masterstroke from Australia to hold him and not lose him like we did to, uh, you know, the latest the latest version of Volpato and so on where we come in too late and we've got we've got a crack at him and we end up coming in and, and putting in a bid in or offer too late when the doors are already closed or offers are all, all finished. So, Definitely, he's a fantastic inclusion. And Brandon Barello has been absolutely, you know, wonderful this year in the A-League. So all players deserve congratulations to all. And uh, Nesta Irakunda was named in the train-on squad. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if you get some training wheels. I don't know if you get to ride your push bike around with the rest of the team or uh, carry their bags or, or what it means. But uh, fantastic for a guy that young who's in form as well to get uh, even close to the uh, the main squad. Yeah, look, well, he's he's probably not old enough to have a license yet, so he's probably going to have to ride into camp on his uh with his bike and his training wheels on. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's good to see him included in the squad. Um, you know, train on. Does that mean he just he's just coming to to train with the squad this week to see how he fits into to the uh to the team? And um, you know, he's he's definitely a talent. He's he's one to look out for for the future, but. You know, I think if you if you're good enough, you're old enough, right? And and if he's if he's deserving of of making the the national team, then just pick him in the squad, right? I, I understand that he hasn't been in and around the squad before, and you want to bring him in. But if he's if he's a footballer that you think is good enough, I know he's 16 years of age, or just turned 17. But 
you know, if he's good enough, pick him in the squad and, and play him. So let's see what he's got. Like like with Alex Robinson, you know, he's a he's a massive talent. He's training with uh the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden, um, you know, Erlin Haaland, all these great players that are at the top of their game. Um, you know, if he's training with them and he's 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 good enough to play, let's let, I want to see him. I want to see him on the field, and and hopefully he does get to make his debut. And um, he is a bit of a an unknown. Yes, he's played a lot of junior football, under twenty threes, under eighteens for under twenties for Man City. Um, and but he's yet to play. You know, a lot of first team football. He, he had a loan spell at, at Ross County in the Scottish Premiership, which didn't really go according to plan. So. He's come back to Man City. He's, he's doing well for the under-23s. He's been on the bench in Champions League games, in EFL Cup games. So um, there's he's definitely something about him. He's, he's definitely got pedigree and and the talent. Um, but I'd like to see him also playing, you know, senior football at, at club level week in, week out consistently. Whether or not he's going to do that at, at Man City is, is yet to be seen. Hopefully he does. Um, but it's good, to, it's good to have him in the squad, get him in early. Um, and, and hopefully keep him, um, you know, in, in the Socceroos long term. Mate, uh, you know, on the topic of Socceroos, if it's good enough for Pep, it's good enough for me. So, Arnie, if he's good enough to be able to train with the likes of those blokes and prove himself uh, week in, week out, whether or not he's starting or not, he's good enough to at least in a, a friendly environment to see, you know, what where he's at and, uh, you know, how long before we can start counting on him as being one of our national team heroes. Moving on to our 160 kilometers for AVM update, Superhuman Bulls physio Brendan BMW White's upcoming run on the 15th of April in memory of Bulls skipper Uli Devere's wife Lily to raise money for the Brain Foundation Australia. BMW is training the house down. Not only is he running his weekend marathons, but uh, he's having to deal with the incredible heat as well. So it just goes to show how much of a freak this guy is. So far, he's raised $5,674, but we still have uh, time to go. So please go to our mycause.com.au link where we've set up our own direct me page to donate. The run from Avalon Beach to Wollongong is open to all to join in any way you want to. So get yourself down there, call out to him, donate some money. Anything can uh, help BMW get the job done and more on BMW's progress next week. Yeah, absolute machine. Good good luck to him. And I, I don't know if he did he do a marathon again this weekend in, in that in that extreme heat. Yeah, he did. And uh, then he was uh, posting photos of him smashing down a burger and some fries and a drink, which I think uh, he more than deserved because he's probably burned about 5 million calories and he's probably just had about 5,000. So I think he's up a few. I think he's in credit. Massive. Uh, I, I, I think he's in, cre- <laughs> he's in credit. Yeah, I think he's all good. Yeah, I think he's way ahead of the game. Uh, Aussies abroad. So uh, they continue. we continue to shine very bright in Germany. So Jackson Irvine with a double and Connor Metcalf with an assist as St. Pauli crashed SV Sandhausen 5-0. Big Harry Suter with a man of the match performance as Leicester drew 1-1 with Brentford. Mitch Langrak with another clean sheet and a 0-0 stalemate. And in the J2 league, Mitch Duke with two more assists as his team beat Montiedo uh, Montiedo uh, Yamagata 3-0. Nailed it. That's a bad um, yeah, look, look good, <laughs> good to see the Aussies doing good. Obviously, um, Jackson Irvine and uh, Connor Metcalf absolutely flying at Sao Paulo since they, um, they came back after Christmas. I think the, the break... The long extended Christmas break that they get in uh, in Germany did them the world of good because they were languishing um, down near the relegation zone before that, and and they've come back and I think they're undefeated. So um, doing well. Jackson Irvine on the score sheet again with the double. Um, he's he's flying at the moment, and he's probably one of our first picked in the in the Socceroos squad these days, and in the starting eleven as well. All right, PL news: Sucker shines for the Gunners as Arsenal defeats Palace four one and takes an eight point lead in the title race. 
In the top four, race Newcastle with a late win while Tottenham concede late to draw. At the bottom, Southampton steals a late point against Spurs, so they're two points from safety now and starting to try and catch on to the back of that pack who are just ahead of them. And Everton takes a point from underperforming Chelsea to be two points from the drop zone. No player escape room this week, and as we've had a break, uh, and as we have a break before reloading some more stars to join us, but we do have a special expansion segment which we're going to talk about uh, with the new proposals. We wrap up match day 18 of the A League women's competition. Revolutionised roundup of this week's men's games. Is there anything I didn't see? Vig. Yeah, look, this is coming out of uh, PSG's loss to uh, to Rennes, and there was a bit of footage of Messi getting booed by the crowd and walking down the tunnel by himself. And, you know, yes, he's, he's the greatest player of all time. He's he's won, just won a World Cup. He's he's won Champions League. He's won league titles everywhere he's been. Um, but if this happened to – if this was Cristiano Ronaldo, he would have been getting absolutely berated on, on social media uh, by pundits um, saying it's disrespectful. He's, he's you know, he, he thinks he's bigger than the team, bigger than the game. All these sort of things. So I don't know. I think it's. A, I think Messi's probably got off a, a bit lighter than than others. But um, you know, he, he still he still needs to respect respect football and and respect the game. Mate, as we know, he's very likable, just like you are. And I cop a lot more stick on the show for probably not saying saying as much as you do. But uh, it goes to, goes to show, right, when you're a fan favourite like you are and Messi, you get away with it. And sometimes if you're Ronaldo and you've got a target on your back, you get uh, pot-shotted. So unfortunately, you just take those uh, the luck of the draw, right? And so Messi and VIG, you guys can just keep getting away with uh, Blue Murder and we just have to keep copping on the gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, A-League women's wraps. So uh, Newcastle Jets blow a two-goal lead, allowing Adelaide United to score twice in the second half to leave Highmarsh with a morale-boosting point, but disappointed they haven't taken all three. Sally James with a stunning save to deny Courtney Vine from bagging a brace uh, get bagging a brace and doubling Sydney's lead, which allowed an injury-time Caitlin Torpy goal to salvage a point for Melbourne City. An early Sierra Hinson goal gave Perth Glory a 1-0 road win over the Wellington Phoenix and keeps their finals hopes alive. Canberra United and Melbourne Victory both score second-half goals to share the points in the nation in the national in the nation's capital. The result leaves Victory with work to do to secure a top four spot. And Western Sydney Wanderers with a solid 3-1 win against Brisbane Raw. Uh midfielder Bethany Gordon having a day out, helping herself to a double. So quick look at the A-League women's table. Western United on 36. Sydney FC on 34, but they have an extra game. Melbourne City on 29, Melbourne Victory on 27. And just outside the top four, the final spots is Perth Glory on 22, but they also have a game in hand and Canberra United on 22. Yeah, look, we've been saying for a couple of weeks now that top four is is pretty much consolidated at the moment. Uh, I think um, it's just a matter of of what order they finish in, whether Sydney can, can go... Um, can go clear at the top and and you know overtake Western United or you know City might, might get on a run, but yeah, look, I, I think um, the top fours top fours uh, written in stone. It's it's just a matter of order, and uh, we'll see how it plays plays out. But um, you know, a few good wins for uh, Glory and uh, Western Sydney as well. It could be very important those that save from Sally James. I know it's only one piece of you know a few a few seconds of uh, play in a whole season, but. Uh, if she hadn't pulled off that amazing save to her right to to deny Courtney Vine a second, that's 2-0 and game over. That was in about the 84th minute. 94th minute, uh, Caitlin Torpy uh, turns up with the, off a corner and she she puts home one to make it 1-1. So if Sydney win that game, they go equal with the 
with a game in hand and it's probably Sydney's title again. But now they've put themselves two points behind with a game in hand. And okay, it's a game in hand, but you still have to bank the points, right? So they've got three games to play, whereas Western's only got two. So they've already got the points in the bank. So look, this will be interesting. And, you know, I think Western United have had an amazing season. So look, hopefully they can hold on and win some silverware in an unbelievable season. But uh, you never count out the champs. Uh, and you've also got, you know, still City and victory in there. So uh, it's on for Donkey Kong. My weekly rap has been replaced by a shout-out dedicating, dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out goes to a man who's returned to the A-League this season as, and has been scorching pitches across the country. Western Sydney Wanderers on fire number 26, Brandon Borello. His excellent performance in the Demolition Derby of Sydney FC and his call-up to the Socceroos squad. And the song we send to you is Rock Nest Monster's super cool track, Winner's Circle. Welcome to the Winner's Circle. We all winning here. Enjoy the Aussies camp, Ecuador series, and good luck with your pursuit of silverware with the Wanderers. Yeah, look, he's, he's definitely he's come back and uh, he's proved himself uh, in the A-League once again. And, um, you know, he's been arguably the, the best player in the league this year. And he's not only scoring goals, but creating goals. And um, hats off to him. He's been rewarded with a, a Socceroos call-up. And um, hopefully we get to see him in, in this two-game series. Yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant. So we wish him all the best. A-League men's table, so Melbourne City, 41, played one less game. Adelaide United have moved into second on 37. The Wanderers, three points back in third on 34. Then there's that little bit of a log jam, so the, the Central Coast on 31, Wellington on 31, and Sydney FC rounding out the top six with 20 on 27. Excellent wins for Adelaide and the Wanderers give them some breathing space, while poor results for the Mariners, Phoenix, and Sydney have them looking over their shoulders. Yeah, we look City uh, stumble a little bit again. Um, whether Adelaide can catch them, I, I doubt it. They've got still got a game in hand, City. So um, it's looking like City, Adelaide, top two, uh, potentially the Wanderers sneaking in there. It'll, it'll be a battle for second between Adelaide and, and Western Sydney, um, I, I imagine. And um, then then the next three, the, the big disappointment for the weekend was was Western United. Um, they they missed a big chance to to jump into the six and and go ahead of Sydney. Yeah, mate. I think there was um, an opportunity also for the Jets and the Bulls, which they um they weren't able to take as well. But uh, look, at this point in time, it does look like City will uh, take home another Premier's plate. But let me tell you, if it was a one-off game now between City and Adelaide, you know who your money would be on. Well, Adelaide are doing great things, and and I think as a as a football club and and a model for a club in the A League. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're probably top of the top of the hill at the moment. Um, you know, they've got a great stadium, they've got a great fan base, they're getting decent crowd each each week, week in, week out. Um, and they've got a good squad of players, you know, good coach, and they produce really good young talent as well. So um for me as, as an A-League club, they're they're probably right up there at the moment, um, as being one of the best all-round clubs in the league. Hats off to Adelaide. Revolutionised roundup. We select a match of the day each and then a mini review of the remaining four games. In the match of the day, we give the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point, as well as what we would have changed, either Coach Gio or VIG. The first game up was a very mouthwatering one on paper, but it didn't turn out like this. It was Adelaide United hosting the Wellington Phoenix on the Friday. The final score here, and this will be my match of the day, was 5-1 to Adelaide United. The goal scorers was uh, an own goal by Scott Wooten in the 16th minute. A second goal was then added by uh, Jovanovic in the 23rd. 
Lachlan Barr in the 51st, making it 3-0. Alex Rufer then got one back for uh, the Phoenix from the penalty spot in the 54th before Ibasuki in the 62nd and Goodwin in the 71st uh, finished things off to make it 5-1. It was a great win or a good win? I'm still trying to work out uh, what it was, but uh, either way, he helped himself to a goal. Laser-like service for for two goals from his set pieces and the second last pass that opened up the Phoenix for Ibasuki's goal. What a captain's knock. So for me, the player of the match without doubt was uh, Craig Goodwin. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, there was some other amazing support cast from him. I think uh, Gauchi was excellent. I think there was uh, Zach Clough was also very, very good. So there was a lot of uh, good players in a, a very good Adelaide side, but uh, captain uh, uh, Craig Goodwin was just uh, another planet. Yeah, look, absolutely a good win and, and goals galore for, for everyone. They they'd shared it around and, and got everyone amongst it. But um just comprehensive from from start to finish. Um, you know, Craig Goodwin, we, we we spoke about Brandon Brello before, but Craig Goodwin's up there as well. And and to have players like this uh, of that colour in the A-League playing week in, week out, doing really well, contributing, um, it's only gonna bode well for the national team. Honestly, and and like I said, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to put a, a voodoo here on Adelaide, but how in the world is there not clubs around Europe who are trying to snap him up? Not only is he a quality player on and off the pitch, but he's left footed, right? He's brilliant off set pieces. He's better than a lot of players that I'm watching run around in some of these bigger leagues. Honestly, like I, I don't know what's going on, and and like I said, I can't say that for every player in the A League, but he's definitely a player who is way good enough, and he's had opportunities overseas which he has is never actually you know gone to the great heights that he possibly could. But the guy is a is a fantastic player. Yeah, look, I think the only thing that's not on his side at the moment is is probably his age. He's, he's 31, but he's he's got he still looks he looks like a 25 year old. Like he's he's fit as. Uh, doesn't carry a, a, a inch of you know fat on him or or any bit of weight, and he's he's just a whippet, and he's he's got a lovely left foot, and um like like you said, I, that maybe there are clubs after him, but you know maybe he's comfortable back home in Adelaide now. I know he's got a, a young child, and um you know wife and wife and child, and um, maybe they're happy in, in Adelaide, and and that goes a long way to to you being a, you know being happy playing football and. Um, you know, giving it your best. So um, I, I don't know what his what his personal circumstances are, but like I like you said, I think he's he's definitely capable of going back overseas, whether it's to Europe or um, you know America or, or somewhere like that. So um, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. He's proven it week in week out in the A League, and he's also done it on the national stage and, and at a World Cup as well. We're just fine with him staying here and playing in the A-League, so we get to watch him every single week. But I think his performances deserve an opportunity there. But uh, we'll see what happens. So the turning point for me was down 2-0, Barbarousas, Rob Gauchi, and with an open goal, he went alone and hit the post. So um, it was actually harder to miss than it was to score. He had a teammate inside. I'm not quite sure who it was, but he could have just given him a, a square squared that across the box and he would have had the easiest tapping of his life. But he's gone. I know he hasn't. he's been out quite a while, and this is his first start back in, in quite a few, few weeks, if not months. And... You know, he, he just saw his name up in lights, but unfortunately for him, uh, it didn't pan out how he wanted and that would have made it 2-1. And I think that would have uh, really given the uh, travelling Phoenix a, a big shot in the arm instead, 2-0, then it becomes uh, 3-0 and then it's uh, lights out. So they got a consolation and I think it was too late when Rufa added the penalty and Adelaide had total dominance at home. So that was the turning point. And for me, what, we, what I would have done to change the game, to be honest, there's not much Uffie could have done. They played well, they had plenty of ball, but were not desperate enough to defend set pieces. So they conceded two off set pieces. Costa Barbarousas' bad miss, 
they conceded an unusual own goal when Wooten tried to pass it back to uh, Ollie Sale and he got the fumbles. So I don't think there's much they could do. And they didn't have their shooting boots, but it would have been a totally different story if their main man, Zawada, was available. He was expecting his first child, so didn't make the trip. So we wish him all the best. Uh, and we hope uh, everything's good with uh, Mum and Bub when it arrives. But, yeah, he if he's there, it's a different game. Yeah, definitely. Look, he's, we, we spoke about him, you know, at, at end, I think, last week on the pod and and his contributions that he's made to Wellington and, and to the league since he's come here. And, you know, he's, he's scoring week in, week out. And, and when you take that away from your team, um, you know, it leaves it leaves a massive hole, and, and like you said, Barbarusus, who's who filled that filled that gap, hasn't played in in a while. He's been injured in and out of the team, um, and it's little moments in in football matches that can go either way um, that change the course of the game. And and unfortunately for for Wellington, that little moment where Barbarusus rounded the keeper and and squandered his shot, um, you know, changed changed the game, and and Adelaide went on to just absolutely put him to the sword. And that's the downside of having a star striker who is an out-and-out striker is the fact and who doesn't get injured is that you don't get a chance to ever have a plan B, right? And so when the time comes when you do get it, you're not ready, right? So it doesn't matter how well they've been going. If this had happened in any game, could have been this week, could have been in three weeks' time, could have been in a final series. Without Zoada, they didn't have a backup plan and it was proven because they had heaps of ball, plenty of chances, and they couldn't take it. Even with a Barbarousas, a David Ball, a Krayev, who have all been you know excellent throughout the season, Without having your main man there who just knows how to get himself on the end of something, even when they're dominating the game, not dominating the game, he just knows where the back of the net is. Yeah, look, he's a, he's an out-and-out out number nine. He's a he's a poacher. Um, he's good in the air, uh, you know, gets in and around the box and, and finishes, you know, nine times out of ten. So when you take that, like I said, when you take that out of your team, it's uh, it's difficult and, and they haven't had to deal with that, you know, since he arrived pretty much. So pushing um, something uphill when you don't have him playing, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the first of the Saturday games. It was the Brisbane Roar against Western United. How'd you see this one, VIG? Yeah, it was a I saw it as a big opportunity missed for Western United. Um they, they could have jumped Sydney FC into the top six with a win. Uh the match finished one one nil to, to Brisbane Raw with a J O'Shea winner in the eighty first minute. But well, um taken goal, very well taken. Oh well, lovely, lovely finish, nice little cut back to him and and he's yeah, he just put it put it top corner and it's the ball's bending away from the goalkeeper, so it's always a, a hard one to save. And um I thought there easily could have been another three or four goals in this game, um, if it wasn't for the, the goalkeeper and heroics of Jamie Young and Jordan Holmes. They were both brilliant. Uh, made some crucial saves. It could have easily been two one, three, you know, three two, four one. Um, there, there, there was plenty of goals that, that, well, plenty of chances, and and both keepers were were, were great on on the night. And um, you know, for for Jordan Holmes, he's probably got himself uh, or got his team the the three points in the end. Yeah, it was a keeper show. But uh, can you believe this? Before we move on, Western United's winning streak ends at three. Another win, and they would have somehow been in the top six. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just tell me uh, how, how could this uh, uh, after I cursed them at the, and on the first show of the year saying they will not make the top six this year. Doesn't they're, matter. They're, you're, they're, you're, out, they're you're out to put the money wrong. No, you're you're out to the money, wrong. mate. You, you, your call was absolute genius because whether they scrape into the six or not, they're not the team they were last year. They're a massive shadow of the team they were last year that uh, won the championship. So, yeah, they're, they're nowhere near where they're at. But uh, yeah, they would have. This would have been four wins on the trot, and they would have somehow slipped into the top six one point one point ahead of Sydney. So. I don't know how that happened, but uh, look, they're still in with a fight, but uh, they did miss a golden opportunity. So moving on to the second of the uh, the Saturday games, it was the Newcastle Jets hosting the Perth Glory. This game ended 2-2. Uh, 
blow the whistle ref was what uh, Newcastle Jets were uh, were saying after they were left to rue the chance to go even with Sydney FC in, in six, conceding a very late 97th minute equaliser via Ryan Williams' header. Both Glory's goals as a result of corners. So uh, Jets, I think uh, Pappas, coach of February, you need to go and work on your uh, defending of set pieces because you've conceded the, the first one was just a hand in the air, back post, and, and basically they jumped and you didn't. And that's an equaliser. And then again, one of the smaller players on the pitch, right? You got Beaver and all these big boppers. The smallest players on the pitch out jumps your team again and and grabs the glory of points. So massive lost opportunity. And it's just a typical Newcastle, you know, this season. It's one minute you're hot, 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 and the next minute you're ice cold. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know where they're getting their stoppage time from. Must be from the Qatar World Cup because we're oh, seeing yeah, we're seeing seven minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes, eleven minutes. Um it's just it's getting a bit out of control, but yeah, disappointing for Newcastle that they weren't able to hold on. But it's you know game management, and that comes from your experienced players. And um, you know when there's a, a couple minutes or you know seven minutes stoppage time, um, you've got to be smart, get the ball in the corner, hold the ball up. You know, don't give away silly fouls, corners, free kicks. Um, yeah, so d- disappointing for for Newcastle, and and like you said, they they, they were screaming out you know, blow the full-time whistle, but it just never came. And um, hats off to Perth, who, who didn't give up and, and got the equaliser in the end. If they keep playing seven, eight, ten minutes of Qatari time, I'd start teaching my keepers just to first time just punt one over the fence, second one punt over the fence so we know balls left, and then by the time they scramble around, you've lost your five or six minutes back because this is ridiculous. Usually this is because there's been a serious injury or something's something's happened with the heat or something. Six or seven minutes is ridiculous. Where, where do you find that? But anyway, moving on to the uh, Sydney Derby, Sydney FC versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, it seems like there was only one team in this contest, and uh, you'll be able to tell us who that was. Yeah, disappointingly, I, I will. Uh, you said Sydney Derby was uh, more like a demolition derby. Um, just absolutely, well, the wonder is just absolutely battered Sydney. There was, you know, they, they've come out with a with a point to prove. Um, they, they were they were just from the, from the get go. They had the steel in their eyes. Um, Sydney were just just walkovers at, at the end of the day. Um, Goal scorers for for the Wanderers were Cassini Yangi in the thirteenth, uh, Moore Layuni in the twenty first, Cam Nuenhoff in the sixty second, and then Layuni again in the in the seventy fifth. So four nil, absolute drubbing. Um, player of the match for me, uh, it could easily have been any of the the Wanderers attackers or or even the midfielders. I thought uh, Nuenhoff was brilliant. Um, Ninkovic, if there's any any doubt that he, he he didn't have it, well, I can tell you right now, he's still got it because he was pulling strings in the midfield, um, can can still give a, a dangerous pass into the box. Um, so he he was brilliant again. Uh Leuni was was brilliant. He's been a great addition to the squad since he um since he came in and um his speed and direct running uh with and without the ball, it's a, it's a threat. He he ran past Joel King a couple of times. Um, for for two of the goals in the first half, um, Cassini Yangi back in the squad starting um, scored again. Uh, Brandon Brello was phenomenal, but for me, uh, player of the match. Oh, I'm going to go a bit a bit left of field because it's great that they they scored four goals, but to keep a clean sheet, I thought Lawrence Thomas was phenomenal as well. He's just a, a massive leader, and he's probably been. You know him with, with along with Joe Gauchi, he's probably been the the keeper of the uh, the Australian keeper of of the league. 
He should have um, been so far this season. He should have been. I, I, I think. I think he should be rewarded with being in the squad. Look, I know um, uh, Red Mains, you know, went to the World Cup, and this it's a bit of a, a celebration for for the World Cup players to come back and and to show our support for them. But at the same time, um, I, I think um, I think Lawrence Thomas has, has been one of the best keepers in in the league, and he's. But that, he's was, but that was November. Right, that was November we played. Yeah, I, I, March. This is. I don't. Th- I don't think if on face value, I don't think Redmayne's club form for Sydney FC warrants him being picked in the Socceroos squad right now. Like, um, you know, whether he did in November before he went to the World Cup, great, whatever. That's in the past now. But but right now, he for me, he's not in the top three goalkeepers for for the Socceroos. Right, there's there's Langerak, there's. Uh, Lawrence Thomas. There's a few other keepers uh, playing overseas as well. So, um, you know, I thought I think Lawrence. Thomas, I think he made. I read a stat. He made seven saves from shots inside the box, something like that. So, you know, Sydney did have their chances to to score goals, and and Lawrence Thomas kept a, kept a clean sheet along with the with the backline. And um, for me, he's a, he was the player of the match. Mate, uh, I, the first thing that came to mind after watching this game was uh, Wanderers were too creative, and you said it. You hit the nail on the head. Barello and Ninko were pulling the strings. It was a puppet show from these two, and it was absolutely a pleasure to watch. And to be honest, you don't always get to see this type of football in the A-League, and that's no disrespect. It's just a really creative, well-thought-out and and just you know carving up an opposition, and that doesn't happen week in, week out. So it was an absolute pleasure to watch, not if you're a Sydney fan. But a uh, quick question for you. Are the Wanderers a real deal, or is Sydney just currently making up finals numbers? I think a bit of both. I think the Wanderers are the real deal, and I think Sydney are currently just scraping in and making up finals finals numbers. Um, you know, I think well, last week we were saying the Wanderers are maybe you know had a had a bit of a stumble, but I don't know. I see them as the biggest threat to to City. Um, I think I think in a in a one off game, I think the Wanderers. Um, have a bit more firepower, and I think the addition of Amor Leuni has been. There was, massive. No, there was no Schneiderling either. Schneiderling. No, no Schneiderling. I think I think they've got it right with their recruiting. Um, so so hopefully we see that. And you know Adelaide, Adelaide for me a bit of unknown. They've got a few younger players, a few players with with a bit of inexperience. They they rely a lot on on Goodwin and, and a few others. So um, it'll be interesting but i think the i think the wanderers are the real deal i think they can they can challenge melbourne city um this season all right tell us what the turning point was in the game for you yeah look the the turning point for me was i think there was no real turning point i think corica just got the lineup wrong from the start um two left backs uh one plane as a winger which is you, you, you love know, the two left feet don't you this is you wear two le- left shoes no no right foot just two left feet yeah look i i understand if if you're playing a, a defensive formation and and you want to um, you know nullify an attack on on one side of the pitch, then great. Have you have your two defenders there, one playing in a more advanced role where they can interchange. But um, I just I, I don't think either of them are as comfortable going forward as they are defending. They're both very similar players, Joel King and and Caballo. Um, they're they're good on the ball, a little bit more technical, can can pass, but. They don't have the speed to to break lines and really stretch a defence. So, um, for me, having both of them on the left hand side is 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 a bit of a waste. So you've does got that lead into, does that lead into it, your, it, what you've done? Yeah, hundred percent. It, it leads into my what I would have changed. Um, you know, you got Kaczarski, Wood, Segasic, Girl, right, Reek on the on the bench, um, 
And when they came on, they all looked good. So I would have changed the starting line. I've been saying they've got to play with a with a proper number nine. I know Max been playing up there, but he's more natural on the wing. So they're they're taking away two positions there by not playing a, a natural number nine and then playing someone out of position on the left wing. So you're not getting the service and you're not creating the, the chances um, for, for, for your number nine up top and, and your other attacking players. So I would have started, you know, Kachaski or Wood up top. And if, if you, you know, you move Mac back out to, to the wing and you get more value out of him. So, um, but in saying that, I thought all four of the of the young boys when they came on, I thought they they brought lots of energy. They troubled Western Sydney, and for the last 15, 20 minutes, um, you know, Sydney created a, a fair few chances as well. All right, uh, the second uh, or the first of the Sunday games was the Melbourne victory at home to Central Coast Mariners. The final score here was two nil to the victory. Mariners don't convert a huge share of possession into goals and allow ten men victory to severely hurt their chances of a top two finish. Mm-hmm but it's still not enough to lift Popper's men off the bottom. So it was a good performance from them. Uh, they put in a good shift, and I think obviously the Mariners were down a bit uh, on form, and they're, they're just in a, a bit of a rut at the moment where they're not playing their best football and they're not, uh, uh, I suppose, as cohesive as they were a few weeks ago now. But uh, they've now got a week off at least to try and get themselves organised and sorted before they uh, they face the raw. But, uh, look, it was, a, it was a good performance from victory, but the, the sad facts for them is they still can't get away from the wooden spoon. So uh, a few more games to go. So uh, if you're a victory fan like I am, you're hoping that uh, they can do something or get off get off the bottom of the spoon, but uh, not great reading for the Mariners at the moment. So a week off may help uh, them a little bit more than they did the victory. Yeah, definitely. Quick question for you. Uh, red card or, or no red card? The Romero uh, challenge, a, a tackle that, you know, he goes in with his – he's won the ball, but he follows through and, and gets the player. Yeah, look, I think you have to be careful when you go in for that. I know it wasn't intention. The intention was to win the ball, but you can't uh, – you have to also look at how you finish up, right? So it's like, you know, if you if you come through with a player and you win the ball, but then you with your shoulder or your elbow, you smash him in the face and knock him out, right? You've also got a duty of care, I think, to a player once you've come through. I think with the studs showing in the force that he did, unfortunately he's in a position where he's going to get himself in trouble there. So, um, you know, rules probably say red card and probably saying – looking after players. I'm not saying we turn this into touch footy, but I'm saying you should be able to make sure that you uh, your players turn up each week and they don't get injuries from a tackle that's a bit over the top. So for me, I was okay with it being a red. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, you, you've still, you know, the way you go into a tackle, you've got to be wary these days because on slow-mo and with VAR, everything looks worse than what it actually is. So, um, you know, sometimes... Slide, slide tackles. You, you, sometimes you just you just can't go in. Like Can I that. ask you this then, VJ? Could he have won it any other way? If, is that the only way he could have won the ball? The answer is no. He could have gone in ten different ways and won the ball without having yeah. studs showing, and he still could have won the ball. So it's not like he was in a position where he came from an angle and that was the only way he could tackling with studs showing. There's plenty of ways he could have. It was a bad technique for winning a tackle with a clean challenge. That's that's simple facts for me. So yeah, like I said. I I feel sorry for the player because I don't think he had any intention of trying to, you know, get Maxi Ballard or, or cause him any injury. And, you know, and I think it also let his team down. So fortunately for victory, it didn't cost them any points. But I think for a guy who scored, he scored a goal and, you know, he was on a bit of a high. It was a sad way for him to end the game. But uh, 
yeah, look, I think there's better ways he could have gone about it and hopefully from this he'll learn and change his technique technique, technique and realise that you just can't go in with studs showing like that and even if you do get the ball. So the last of the uh, the games of the round was the second of the Sunday games. It was MacArthur Bulls versus uh, Melbourne City. What happened here, B.I.G.? Yeah, MacArthur sort of stunned the, the runaway league leaders, uh, Melbourne City, and the match finishes one all with a draw and... Um, it was 28-year-old American and uh, former RPL Leichhardt striker in the, in the New South Wales uh, MPL, uh, Jason Romero, who gave uh, the host a lead in the, in the first half with a, a lovely, calmly taken really finish. Well, he, he, he did. He was, uh, he was he the was, ice man. He was so smooth. He just just a little drag around uh, Tom Glover as he as he rounded the keeper and and slotted into the goal. But um, He was so calm, B.I.G. I thought he was going to go have a sleep in the grass in the corner over oh, near the cowbell. Someone had to check his pulse after that because was. <laughs> I didn't know if he was still alive. It was. It was that calm, but that's fantastic. Um, love, lovely finish, and he's been doing that in in New South Wales MPL for for a couple of seasons now. So um, good to see him get his reward and and get a get an A League contract. But um, it was to, to no avail in the end. City equalised in the second half through a Jonathan uh, Aspro own goal from a Jordan Boss cross to to level the scores. So. I thought both teams had chances to go on and win the match. Uh, Marco Tilio probably had the the best one. Um, he's, he's fired his shot wide of uh, Philip Curdo's goal, but you know, one all in the end is probably a, a good result for for Macarthur, who were, um, you know, just being too inconsistent this year for me. But I don't think you get too carried away. The result is pleasing for the Bulls and for the, I suppose, the squad as well as the fans. But uh, it was an off night for City, and it's just really, really scary how, with all the great players they have. Since they've lost Matt Leckie from the lineup, they don't look like the same team, right? So one one player doesn't make a team, but Matt Leckie must have such a huge influence on the rest of the squad, not only in confidence, but the way they play, that they've gone from looking like world beaters that can't lose a game to a team at the moment who's struggling to get points, even with all the stars around. Like J Mac has gone from being the golden, the golden boot chasing down the great, the greatest uh, A-League strike of all time, Barisha, to looking like he's seriously not sure if he's, uh, he's, if Gold- he's played in the A-League, if he's going to get a contract next year. Golden boot to the golden goose. <laughs> it is the way he is. But, but uh, yeah, but Lecky, he's a, he's a leader. He's he's played at a top level overseas for, you know, a number of years and he's come back and he, and he demands, you know, excellence from the players around him. And he, he and does, he but he, out- doesn't, he doesn't have young guys. He's got these Van Der Veen, all these experienced blokes around him, right? And he's still, these, they're still strange. It's not like they've got like a 17-year-old a squad and he's the only old bloke in there. I'm just absolutely shocked. And I don't know if this is put down to, uh, you know, the coach, they're missing PK because PK would have still had them up for this without him. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's just a a, a missing, you know, our Aussie legend thing or whatever it is. But uh, look, it was great to see uh, Lockie Rose back for for the Bulls. He looked dangerous when he came on too, and it's, it's they're definitely been licking, uh, missing his uh, energy and and uh, stuff on the pitch. But it's probably a little bit too late. I didn't see um, Arzani out there. I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on with him. I think he might have been down at Bondi with you, if uh, if my <laughs> reports are correct. Is that right? Down at Coogee Bars, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's been in and out of the squad all all year, so it's um, you know disappointing to see because when he came back to the league, we had such such high hopes and and we wanted him to to set the league on on fire again. But um, yeah, d- disappointing, disappointing crowd out there as well. So. Um, yeah, I'm not going to let just, you beat up. I'm not going to let you beat up on the Bulls again. I'm just going to cut you off before you cut start, me off. Cut me off before, before I let loose. All right, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Up after the break, as we said, we have our uh, expansion chats. So uh, that's something that we will have football fans excited but also nervous. So we'll catch you then. You're listening to 
the football revolution. Welcome back to the show. As said, uh, we're having uh, we're just reloading the uh, player escape room for the coming weeks with some big stars. So uh, this week we'll just have a quick chat about the expansion. So I know there's a lot being being said around uh, this uh, national men's uh, division, second division. Uh, but then there's other stuff that's come out uh, this week as well around uh, an expansion of the current A-League competition, which makes it even a little bit more complicated. So uh, I thought with the uh, the master of uh, football, the VIG, the stats man, we'd, uh, we'd run through with you. So uh, the A-League competition set to expand into Canberra and Auckland for the 2024-25 uh, season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, um, I'm, I'm a bit torn between this because in, in one way, more teams means uh, more opportunity for young players, more opportunity to become a professional footballer in this country, which is great. Um, something that I didn't have a chance to do when when the A-League first started and coming out of the old NSL days to the A-League. So um, in, in one way, providing, uh, you know, more jobs, I guess, for for young footballers uh, is great. Um, but having the APL pick where these where these teams, where they want these teams to be, and then wanting people to come in and invest $25 million each for a licence seems to me like that's they're just doing this for the cash at the moment because they need a cash injection. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm torn. I'm, I'm torn between... That's, with that said, the, though, VIG, so the two things they'd be looking at, obviously, is MacArthur and Western United have both come into the competition. They've both been a success with what they bring on the pitch but they can't rub two sticks together in the grandstand, right? They can't get any fans. I know Western United are building a state-of-the-art stadium. I know MacArthur's probably got big plans, but at the moment, it doesn't matter what they bring on the pitch. It doesn't matter if they've got uh, world-class players like Diamante or, you know, they've got uh, excellent players like, uh, you know, the, the best in the competition, uh, De Villa. De Villa. They yeah. still can't. They still can't get it. They're getting. There's teams that have not half the players. They have the half the names, and they still can't get a crowd. So they're obviously very, very scared. And I, I'm, not, I'm not very re- rarely do I defend the APL, but they're very scared about having excellent football teams or great players. But you can't. You can't pay the bills if you've got no one paying. Yeah, hundred percent. And I understand that they they've they've gone out and and they've looked at I think thirteen different locations and they've identified Canberra as Auckland. As the top two for expansion, so they've they've done their research. But how can you ask someone to invest twenty five million dollars in, into you know starting a, a club in, in those two areas if if they don't think those two areas themselves are, are are the are the best place for for an expansion club? If if I'm on a, if I've got twenty five mil to invest, I, I want to be doing my own due diligence and my own research and my own um, you know back background. Um, and finding out where where I want my my football team to be, but everyone and, and then, and then, right, everyone's and then growing like, it. But everyone's thinking like this VIG. So you know, you you look at the the enemy, right? The NRL. So NRL has a competition where before they were happy to have anyone that was prepared to pay the bills, right, and put some money into rugby league in this country. Well, now when they've started the women's league, the first four teams they had, they put Warriors to have Trans Tasman. The Broncos, because that's the heart of rugby league. They have St. George Illawarra because they cover all the way from Cogra down to Wollongong. And the Roosters, because they were prepared to expand out. Teams like Cronulla South, who we were saying, we're not prepared to move from where we are. We don't even want to expand or try and grow our fan base. We're just stuck in Redfern or we're stuck in the Shire. They weren't interested in them. So it was all about looking and seeing where they could put people to make sure that they can get best investment. Now, is it the best model? No, it's not. But I think the only thing they can do is, once they get a second tier competition, it doesn't matter about where they're trying to put teams. It matters on 
how you perform on the pitch, whether you get promoted or whether you get relegated. And until we have that, how else do you pick it? You can't just go and start saying, okay, everyone just put in their bids and you go and find out that a team like, I don't know, a Western United has someone invest all their money and then no one comes to the games. I don't know how that's a, a, a profitable model. So I don't know. There has to be some, and I, like I said, I understand what you're saying and, and I don't disagree with it, but I, I don't know where's where's the solution in the meantime until we start getting promotion and relegation. Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you relocate current teams? Does, does you know, West United get relocated? So I, don't, I don't know what, what the answer is exactly, but, um, you know, I, I think this year, um, coming off the back of the success of the World Cup, the build-up to, to this season, the anticipation, um, the World Cup, the, everything that happened around that, and then off the back of that, I think there's just been a, a drop in in football culture, in in the lack of, um, you know, people going to watch football in this country and, and supporting the league and supporting their club. And myself, I'm part of that bracket because... You know, I've I've lost that connection with with my own club in, in Sydney FC, and I've lost faith in in the APL and and what they're doing as as a league. So every time something like this gets announced, I'm, I'm skeptical about you know what it can bring to the game and and the reason the reasoning behind why they're actually doing it. So let's move to um, the next progress. Can, can, I, can I can I can I can I just just before I jump in, right? So uh, I'm looking at A League crowds from the weekend, right? Campbelltown Stadium, Macarthur versus Melbourne City. Melbourne City, the best team in the league. Right, people should be lining up at the door to watch them play across the country. The crowd was two thousand one hundred and twenty-one. Absolutely pathetic, right? Melbourne Victory, Central Coast Mariners. The crowd five thousand twenty-eight. All right, Sydney Derby twenty-eight thousand nine hundred twenty-nine. Um, you know that, that that's 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 a standout crowd. But you, you're looking at the other crowds around the league. Newcastle, Perth, four thousand eight hundred. Um, uh, Brisbane Western United three thousand four hundred like that. That's that's MPL. That's a crowd that you should be getting at MPL games. That's Preston Lions are getting that in MPL second division in Victoria. It's there's a huge disconnect at the moment between Australian football fans and and the A League, right? Us and the same and process, right? The most likely. So they're looking at uh, most likely to follow up. That those two inclusions with teams 15 and 16 in 2025-26 and the teams that are considered front runners there, Gold Coast, Wollongong, Brisbane. So I suppose I put you into that category. Does that still disappoint you too? Because these have been probably handpicked as well to say, okay, we've got a void in Wollongong who used to have a strong presence in the, in the national competition. Gold Coast, okay, there's a big void there. Brisbane, there's another void to have a, a second team in Brisbane. Is that also frustrating for you because of the fact that it looks like now it's not? Yeah. The two biggest determining factors are financial sustainability and high performance capability. But it doesn't seem like that. It seems like we've, we've tried it. We've yeah. tried in the Gold Coast and it failed. Nothing works in the Gold Coast. We we know that it's, the Gold Coast is a place <laughs> for, for for bimbos and and pumped up blokes on steroids who, who run around at, at beach hey, clubs all day. Oh and, my and god! I can't wait to see like your, I'm, your I'm, I'm, this week. There's there's no way there's no way a football club w- works in the Gold Coast and and Wollongong. Great, but do you bring Wollongong Wolves in or do you create another team in Wollongong like? For me, if you're having a team in Wollongong, it's got to be Wollongong Wolves. There's no, oh, there's no I'm, other option. I'm having the Wollongong Wyatts, Brendan. Oh, sign Wyatt. me up. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. If it's that's if what it's I'm, the if it's the Wollongong Wyatts, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm, ready I'm, to go. Mate, I'm in too. I'm telling you now. You just have a a, a, a machine, a picture of a machine or a freak on the as a logo, and away you go. And you know these guys will run for 726 minutes of a game, right? They won't. They'll still be running after the full time whistle. Yeah. Look. Oh, oh. 
I don't know. I'm 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 torn. I'm torn with the expansion. I think it's it's great that it's going to provide opportunity for for young footballers and and more professional footballers in Australia. Um, but at the same time, picking picking where like the, I think there's bigger issues in the game at the at the at the moment that need to be addressed than expansion. Let me hit you, hit you with these two then before we uh we before we wrap this up. Uh, they're saying they could be open to adding teams via promotion from the planned national second division, but how does this happen when you've already committed to having teams to at least twenty twenty six? Yeah, so who's who's going to buy a license? Who's going to put twenty five million dollars in for an A league license at the risk that they get relegated to the second division after one season? No one, no one in their right mind would ever do that. That's what I'm saying. The A league's been around ten years, so a lot of those legacy licenses must be coming to an end, right? Which means that then you've got the op- opportunity to have promotion and relegation. But if you've got people locked into legal contracts to say they're guaranteed to have an X amount, yeah, of- then you, then you can't. There's then you there's can't no way. If 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 they're going to expand the top the top league, the A league, over the next two seasons, there's there's no way that pr- promotion and relegation is going to happen in the next five ten years. Because oh, the thing is too, right? That's just the way if it is. Give, if you give it to the new teams, the existing teams are going to say, great, who are they going to play against if we don't have contracts to be locked in, right? We're not going to play unless we, we're locked in. And then on top of that, what you're going to have, promotion relegation, but you say, but hang on a sec, the team that came last, they've got a four-year four year contract. Hang on, the team that came second last, they've got five years. So hang on a sec, the fifth last team's getting relegated now because you've got no shield. You've got no you got no protection because we haven't signed you up on a It's, a it's right right now with the with the talk of expansion, promotion relegation is is not happening. It's it's not happening in the next five years. That's that's plain and simple. It, it can't you'd, happen. You'd have, you'd have another three kids by then, so uh, maybe you'll be a more mellow and chilled and, and have a, and have a more, more, more. Maybe I'll be more. Other. Maybe I'll be more fired up. Who knows? But um, I have a last question I have for you then. So is okay. We're looking at Canberra. Uh, we're looking at who, who you know haven't been in the A League for a million years. Auckland, who have never, or have they? Were they in the old NSL? I, th- I think New Zealand. I think the New Zealand Knights played played out of Auckland okay, in, so in the Auckland, first season. We're talking Gold Coast that you reckon can't grow anything but beach lovers there. Wollongong, who we're saying will either be the Wolves or the Wyatts. And then you've got Brisbane. So out of those teams, the only team there, if you look at the successful formula at the moment, is Brisbane because, as we've seen, derbies bring crowds, right? The Melbourne derbies, the Sydney derbies. So why are we looking to spread the game out instead of bringing in teams that create derbies? Yeah, look, I think Brisbane... Adelaide could do with another team, couldn't they, for a derby? Adelaide definitely could. I just don't know if they have the the population and down there. And and Adelaide is such a for me it's it's a one it's a one club city and it's a it's a great club that they've got at the moment. Um, Brisbane Brisbane could work. I, I still think I think Canberra can work. What about Adelaide? Um, but if they did something like they do in the AFL, where Hawthorne play once every whatever down in Tassie, they have a team there and they go every I don't know once a month to Tassie, right? And that way they start to grow a fan base in Tassie. So you don't have to have your fans all in the one state, right? If you can pinch some from another state who don't have a team, maybe you get a following because I know Hawthorne have yeah. a great following. Well, I think I think Western United have, have tried to do that, but I, I don't know what the following is is like down there. But um, yeah, look, I, 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 I think Canberra can work given that they have a women's team. Um, you know, having a, a men's team alongside that makes sense. And and Canberra football has been crying out for a team for for a long time now, so. I still see potential in that, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Auckland having another NZ team, it doesn't really do it for me at the moment. Mate, one week I'm going to get you to tell me who the new expansion teams are, and I'm going to put it out there because it seems like you are the only guy talking any sense at the moment. Well, the, so. the way the way it's go, like 
I don't know. There'll probably be one in Broome soon. Yeah, I know. All right, that's the uh, end of our uh, expansion chat. Let's get into our final segment of the show, which is our clinical finish. And up first is our WTF, a what the foot. So for me, this one, it's uh, outside of the A-League, but it was just too good to pass up. Former A-League and Raw star, so it is kind of uh, as, as the right topic. Charlie Austin scored four goals, but his team, Swindon, did not bank three points. They ended up with a 4-4 draw against bottom-placed Rochdale. Uh, I don't understand. How do, oh, I don't understand either. How do you score four goals and, and lose a football game? Against the team at, coming dead at, last. Against the team coming last, but but one player scored the four goals as well. And, and they've conceded like, 57 goals this year. This yeah, ima- last. Imagine if we had uh, all access on Charlie Austin in the sheds after that football game because he would have been absolutely hammering. Imagine if if Connor Chapman was was playing in that in that team for Swindon, he would have got copped an absolute bath by Charlie Austin. After hey, we the game, could have so. just been dropping the what the foot over the top of him while he was speaking. We could have just been yeah. dropping the what the foot uh, symbol. It would have been going off. He he would have been he would have been <laughs> going off. He scored four goals and and they've drawn four all. Mate, they're, um, they're coming. I think they're coming mid table, and like I said, this bottom team is. Uh, they scored in the 94th minute to tie things up, so they probably went nuts thinking, uh, you know, and Charlie Austin was already worrying about where he's going to put, you know, you take home the hat-trick ball, but this is a four-goal ball, so he's wondering where he's going to put it, but not when you end up with a, a point against the bottom team. I'll be putting it in the yeah, garbage. It's, oh, it's embarrassing. I, I definitely wouldn't be. Normally, you, you get the hat-trick ball and then you take in the sheds and you get all the players to sign it. I would have just been taking it home. Well, there's no, I'm, not, I'm not getting my defend, defenders to sign that ball after they've caught four goals. And there's one other thing that for the, that I wanted to mention on the What the Foot, which is uh, hasn't taken home the award this week, but it's just left me absolutely bamboozled. I know you'll have an opinion on it quickly. Patrick Vieira sacked at Palace. Now, they're, they're sitting – okay, I know they're sitting only a little bit out of safety, but they're still sitting in 12th, right? They're not sitting in 17th. They're sitting in 12th, so they're almost middle mid-table. He's got no budget. He's got nothing to spend on players. He's got the most average squad you've ever seen. They've got one bloke who they've had around for a million years that they've been trying to sell, not sell in uh, in Wilfred Zaha. How do these guys really think? Do they think he's a wizard? Like I know Chelsea have got Harry. Yeah. Do they think he's a wizard? Is he Dumbledore or something? Like I don't, I don't know. They are in a bit of trouble. They've, they've lost four on the trot. So um, it seems like a just a weird time. You know, I think there's, there's only ten games left in the season, and they're in twelfth. Um, they're in twelfth, but they're they are only I think they're only four points, three point no three points ahead of uh, West Ham who are uh, in eighteenth. So, but on the weekend, that, West Ham has spent a lot more money than them. And on the weekend, you think if he's the problem, the team always bounces back with a new coach. And they played Arsenal. They might have had no coach, ten new coaches. They were horrible. Yeah, they then they, they, they shouldn't be beating Arsenal. Um, you know, right now in the league, so. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I can understand that they've probably hit the panic button, but I, I think they've they've hit it a bit too early. It was poor form. Anyway, games to watch this week. The A-League men's uh, get the week off for the international break. So while we'll be covering the women's games next week and some other bits and pieces, uh, yeah, there'll be no uh, A-League men's, so they all get a, a nice break. Hope They're all hoping maybe that they get the same weather we've had in Melbourne and Sydney and Brisbane the last few weeks where they can go to the beach, but knowing the clubs, I'll probably make them train all weekend. So it probably won't be a good weekend <laughs> off and they get, at least get to watch a, a little bit of international uh, friendlies uh, at night. Yeah, look, they can catch all the international football um, Friday night. Uh, obviously, soccer is playing Ecuador uh, out at Combat Stadium at 8pm and then on Tuesday night at 7.30pm uh, um, at Amy Park. Let's hope uh, some of these new young lads uh, who are getting their debuts get an opportunity to show what they can. I don't, there's no point in them coming and parking on the pine. We've got two games and let's uh, let him roll the dice and see what we've got. 
Moving into our TFR fantasy update, uh, here comes the king. So VIG's uh, closing in on me week on week. A week on week, I think I'm, I'm starting to feel a, a bit of heat on my back, a bit of uh, news coming around my neck. But uh, so my round score this week was 90, taking my total to 17.04. How did you fare this week? Yeah, so I cracked the hundred of 101, and it takes my total to 16.88. So slowly creeping up on you. You can probably hear me breathing down your back a little bit. Mate, you're 16, only 16 behind, and, and, and you're only one point away last week from having three three centuries in a row. So uh, I know you're- Four, four up, centuries in a row. Oh, four four one, centuries in a row. 112, 106, 99, 101. So mate, not, uh, you're, not, not a bad batting average. I'd, I'd get a start for uh, for the Aussie cricket team right now. Mate, I know yeah, I'm pretty pleased with this week considering I made no changes and regular captain Zawada was out. But uh, for me, hot was Neuenhoff who got 20 and Ryan Williams who got 19 and cold was Tilio, Reese, and Risden. So I'm not sure what was happening uh, with the Melbourne teams, but they're doing me no favours. And on the bench, uh, Thomas scored 17, but um, I was still happy with Holmes who got me 14. So there wasn't much there, so I didn't lose a lot. But uh, I was pretty happy until I saw what you'd done and uh, you've worked your magic again. So uh, how did you fare? Who... who uh, Kept your team. Yeah, hot, hot, hot for me was uh, Lawrence Thomas with uh, 17 points, Craig Goodwin with 25, um, and and the smoky for me was uh, Henry Hall with 12. Yeah, damn you, Henry. Uh, if they missed any part of the show or want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, also up on Football Nation Radio across their platforms and uh, the video up on YouTube. Very nice. So there's plenty of international football and women's A-League to keep us entertained. Please get behind BMW and his 160K uh, for AVM Quest to support his mate Uli and his wife Lily. Hope you enjoyed it almost, uh, enjoyed it even half as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And we look forward to your company again next Tuesday. Enjoy the Socceroos. Uh, cheer on your favourite uh, A-League women's teams. And uh, as we say, until next week, rise up and join the football revolution. We'll catch you then.